Welcome to Pod to the Rescue. Rescuing the dog is just the first step. We're here to help with everything that comes next. Hello, and welcome back to Pod to the Rescue. I'm Libby. And I'm Emily. And we are bringing you another episode today about the Marshall Fire, the terrible urban firestorm that recently destroyed 991 homes in Superior and Louisville, Colorado, which is right in our backyard. Uh, We covered that on our last episode. So if you haven't yet heard about what happened, um, maybe go back and give that a listen or, you know, just Google the Marshall Fire to get an understanding for what our community has been through in the past week. So we've had Chrissy Messick um, on the podcast before. She's a local dog trainer here in Colorado. And we've also had Mary Angeli on. She's another wonderful behavior consultant. But today we had them both on to speak about their experience evacuating from the fire. And Chrissy was right on the pre-evacuation line and has been helping out with some of the dogs that were evacuated. And it was a it was a hard conversation to to listen to because so many people are suffering. Um, But we also tried to focus on how can people support their pets if they've been evacuated and displaced or if they've lost their homes permanently, because as much as we're struggling, the animals are struggling along with us. And we have a couple of great tips for people who are going through this. Yeah, I, I think, you know, it's important to take care of ourselves mentally and emotionally right now. And it's also important to consider what our pets are going through. And this applies not only to the Marshall fire, but any other natural disaster that you listeners might have to evacuate from, God forbid. Um, but as we're learning here in Colorado, these types of fires are only going to become more common, unfortunately. You know, we have definitely seen an uptick in the last several years of the number, frequency, and severity of wildfires. And this one started as potentially a grass fire, but it spilled over into this suburban area so quickly and unexpectedly. And it's, it's a really jarring and traumatic thing to go through for people in our community. And listeners, if you would like to support fire evacuees in the recovery effort, we will put links to places you can um, send monetary donations in our show notes. Hello, and welcome back to Pod to the Rescue, Chrissy Messick and Mary Angeli. Hello. Thank you. (laughs) So first of all, how are you and your loved ones doing in the wake of the fire? I know that, you know, you're close members of this community as well, um, you know, and including your dogs. Um, We're hanging in there as best as we can. Uh, We feel very fortunate and lucky our house was missed by the fire by less than a mile. Um, so we're feeling very, very, very fortunate, um, but we're just having a 
we're having a hard time over here, truthfully, just thinking of everybody else and the loss that they're going through, whether it's their homes or it's their beloved pets or whatever it is that people are dealing with right now. I think it's it's just a lot and it was very, very unexpected. Um, so it's, it's tough right now, uh, but we're doing okay over here. Good. I'm glad to hear. Yeah, it's, it is hard as this is a, as we all know, this is a tight knit community and to see this much devastation is really overwhelming at times. Yeah. Yeah. We're doing okay as well. Um, we were, we were on pre-evacuation notice. We live in Lafayette. We were about two miles from the fire. So we didn't, we were packed and ready to go and tried to make a game of it with the girls. Like, yay, let's pack our stuff. <laughs> and, you know, they packed ginger stuff and we were just waiting to see. And um, luckily we didn't have to, but it was definitely a sleepless night and worrying about everyone and lots of crying and sleeplessness going on. And um, so, yeah, like, like Mary said, it's hard. It's just, you know, like your heart hurts for everyone and um, everything that's happening. So, but yeah, we're, we're doing yeah. okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Chrissy, we're basically neighbors, you and I. And so that was kind of our routine too, of like, oh my God, pre-evacuation, pack everything up and then listen to the news and don't get any sleep in case we have to go. And so yeah, that, that's similar to my experience. Yeah, uh, my partner and I, luckily, he and I were both home. Mm. Um, he almost went to work, actually, on Thursday. And then he was like, well, I'll just, I'll just work from home. And um, I happened to be taking the dog out right about the time the fire really started up. So the two of us went for a walk. We saw the cloud of smoke over by Marshall Mesa. And we both were like, oh, I wonder what's going on. Um, I, I guess just another wildfire in Colorado. And we, so then, you know, as we're walking with the dog, the smokes cloud started getting larger and larger. And then we started looking everything up online and keeping track. And we just both were like, all right, maybe we should actually go home. So we walk home, we start to check the news. It starts to get a little bit, the cloud starts getting bigger. There was an orange glow over everything and it starts smelling like smoke where we were living. Um, and we both looked at each other and we're like, okay, well, we're both home. It's probably fine because we live in the suburbs, um, but let's just pack a go bag just in case. So we did that. And then as time went on, it happened actually pretty quickly, but as time went on, um, it started to become clearer and clearer that we needed to leave. And so we started to get texts and calls from friends and family just checking on us. And um, one of our friends uh, just said, hey, I, I think that the fire has reached the rec center in Louisville. Um, and that's less than a mile from us. It's, I, I think it might be like a half a mile from where we live. Um, so we both were like, you know what, maybe we should actually just kind of get ready to leave. And as we're packing the car up, we see our neighbors running back and forth with their kids and belongings and traffic up on the street. And, you know, we weren't, my, luckily my partner is very even keel about everything. Um, I started to panic a little bit but I was happy we were both there and we could grab our dog, right? So we got our two cars together and we just took off. It took us um, over an hour just to get out of the town. So yeah, it took us about an hour and a half just to get to Boulder and we live in Louisville. So we stayed, um, we had two really great friends who were out of town and they messaged us 
pretty fast, I think around 1.30 before anything even really had started to come up. And they were like, hey, we heard about there's some fires nearby where you live. We have a spare key. Please let us know if you need to come over. We're not home, but please make yourselves at home. So we, we headed over there. Um, yeah, so it was just pretty scary and just driving and seeing everybody and just how panicked everybody was. It was just really, really hard to see. I'm glad that you had a safe place to go. Um, I know that's hard thinking about when you have a dog, like, where can I go and bring my dog? 100%. Yeah, we uh, were very lucky because because of the holidays, they were out of town and they have an extremely dog friendly house. They've got two dogs of their own, but they took them on the road trip. Um, so fenced in backyard, dog friendly home. They were like, just bring him, settle in. You're good to go. So we were very, very lucky on that front for sure. Yeah. What a blessing to yeah. just be able to settle a little bit and decompress from Buster's the- like, yay, vacation time. <laughs> wow. And Chrissy, yeah. you mentioned yeah. that you are fostering oh. a displaced dog from the fire. Is that right? We Yes, we, so, you know, my husband's business partner, they live in Superior. And so um, they had, she, luckily his wife was home and they have two dogs. And so she like had seconds to get out with them. And um, so she got out and as she was leaving, somebody hit her car as well. So it totaled her car. And so she's having to deal, you know, the dogs are freaking out, you know, she has her two kids and um, a totaled car. And so she's just trying to get out of there. Um, And so she made it to the work office, but um, so we ended up, taking their dogs, you know, until they got settled and knew what was happening. Um, They ended up getting a hotel, but it was like one room and they have two field line labs. (laughs) So, so, you know, no yard and one, one um, room. And so we're like, we can just take them. Um, And so, yeah, so that's what we did, but um, they ended up getting out and their house ended up being fine. Um, just smoke damage. So they're, they're having to deal with all that. But, um, so yeah, so, um, they went home. So they got a different hotel with like a suite and two, two rooms. So they ended up, um, taking the dogs, I think back with them on Monday night. So we had them, we just had them from like Friday morning to Monday night. So, so, Right now, you know, we're all doing the best we can to manage our own mental health around this and to stay healthy ourselves. But as dog guardians, we also have to think about our pets and how our dogs are dealing with all of this. As trainers, you two probably have more insight than the average person. (laughs) So what are some of the things that you're doing for your dogs to preserve some normalcy right now, or, you know, Mary, while you were evacuated? Yeah. Um, I think that it's tough, right? Because you as yourself and your family, you're dealing with your own trauma around what's going on. So I do think some (gasps) maintenance, um, (laughs) of a semblance of normalcy is difficult, not just for you, right? It's for you, but also for your dog or the other pets that you have in your home. 
Um, so I think during these times, it's probably difficult to think about what you can be doing for your dog when you're thinking about what happened to you and happened to your family members and your friends and your loved ones. Um, I do still think regardless, right, you've got your dog or your cat with you or your other pet. Um, so just helping them is going to help you be able to adjust a little bit better. Um, so I think, you know, a lot of it is about just trying to create some sense of stability as much as is possible. I think that it is difficult because if you have been displaced, you're living elsewhere, you don't know what your routine is going to be maybe next week or where you're going to be living next week. I, I do think that, of course, it's really difficult. Um, so I think a couple of things, just if we really grab some really big ones that might be like kind of low hanging pieces of fruit that you can focus on. Um, so I think trying wherever you are to set up a safe space for your pet, whether it's your dog or your cat or a rabbit or whatever you have, uh, but setting up some sort of safe space for them. So if they are a fan of crates and you have access to a crate, you have a crate set up in an area for them, um, give them an area where they can just get some quiet time and get away from the activity if they need to. So all of that kind of stuff um, and making sure that they know where their food and their water are located, um, show them where the door is if they go outside for their bathroom breaks and that kind of stuff, because that is just a, a big change in everything, right? There might be new locations for where everything is for them. Um, and then I think the other piece too, and this is kind of hard to think about when you're dealing with so much, um, but I would keep in mind also that like with giving them a safe space, trying to keep their routine. So trying to walk them around the same time, if you can feed them around the same time, if you can, that kind of stuff. Um, the other piece I think that people should try to do their best to think about um, is looking at some enrichment for their pets because enrichment helps counterbalance stressors, right? So we're all dealing with a lot of stress right now. Even if these fires didn't happen, I think everybody is under a lot of stress just given the state of the world right now. Um, so it's important for all of us to just think about how we can care for ourselves. You know, like I like to play soccer, or go skiing, and those are forms of enrichment for me. So thinking about your pets, like what are some things that we can do with them to give them some enrichment, whether it's just like quiet time getting petted, if they like that, or working on food puzzle toys, or going on a sniff walk if they're a dog, like that kind of stuff. Um, and all of that depends on your individual pet and just how they're responding to everything that's going on. But I do think enrichment is actually a big key here while everybody's dealing with so much upheaval. And that could be as simple as a topple or, you know, doing scatter feeds in the grass in the backyard, right? Yep, totally. So it doesn't have to be anything crazy or difficult or really time consuming. Um, a, a kibble scatter in, in the grass takes one second and it's, it's pretty easy. So I do think too, for sure, um, trying to just remember you're stretched thin right now, but there are some ways that you can get some stuff done for your pets that aren't super, super time intensive for you. Yeah. And just like, an analogy for dogs like chewing and enrichment is the same for us as like reading our book or going to a movie it's you know it's something that you know helps relax them you know like Mary said it's just an anti-stressor you know so the frozen chew bones or um bully sticks or whatever those are good too something something that they can zone out on <laughs> um and I, you know, I agree with everything that Mary said, definitely consistent routine, safe place. Um, and the other thing also as well, like 
taking care of yourself as much as you can doing the same thing because if you're able to take care of yourself you're going to be able to help your dog better as well or your pet um what we did for the dogs that came to our house um is they're obviously knowing the kind of dog and and asking the pet parents what their routine is kind of understanding what their needs are through the pet parent um and the breed um so our dog, Ginger, she, she's not a big fan of dogs. So we had to take her into consideration as well when we brought those two other dogs in. So with Ginger, we put her upstairs and made a nice little cozy, safe place for her, gave her a bunch of, you know, enrichment stuff to do as well. And we kept her routine the same as well. And one of us hung out with her up there. Um, and as the time got on, she got more habituated just to the other dogs being in the house. Um, but with the other dogs, you know, one of them, she had a couple potty accidents just because it's a new environment and it's stressful. Um, and I was totally expecting that. We just cleaned it up and we just, she didn't have any, any more after the first day. Um, but so with them, we, with being very high energy dogs, <laughs> we, we made sure we made, they got their walks. As soon as they got there, we went on a walk. Um, we did consistent walks with them. We spent, one of them is really drivey dog. <laughs> like she'll just bark and bark and bark and play fetch until, you know, she passes out. So we made sure she got that. We did a lot of doggy play dates with the other dog who loves other dogs. Um, and they had the same food. Um, and then they had their little safe place where they slept. So that's kind of what we did for our routine and their routine as well, trying to keep them um, safe and comfortable. And, you know, they were pretty tired and happy. So that was, um, you know, the, the potty accidents happening. It made me think of a few people I've been in contact with from our adopters where their dogs have had some regression in their behavior due to being displaced and now living in a totally different home or hotel room. What would be some of the behavior things that you guys could see cropping up in dogs that were displaced by the fires? So that, and how would people be best to work with those or incorporate those into their already stressful lives? Yeah, um, I, I would expect a lot of dogs, unless they are very, very, very competent. Uh, I, would, I would expect most dogs really to have some sort of difficulty addressing. And so like the first piece I would try to keep in mind is, and this is, I think this is tough right now, but having a little bit of empathy, um, think about how stressed you are as an individual, thinking about your family members, your loved ones, yourself, your situation, right? It's really, really hard right now. Um, so just remember how hard it is for you. And, and maybe it's not quite as hard as your pet, but I would imagine that it probably is just as hard for your pet, if not more confusing because they don't know what's going on and we can't talk to them about that. Um, even when we were packing everything up, my dog was, he's very, very chill. Um, he was pretty stressed out. He's following us back and forth as we're throwing stuff into bags. He's going out into the yard while we're packing the car up because we were doing it very fast. Of course, we've gone on trips before, um, but not in that kind of, you know, rushed manner. So we did all that. And then I'm, I put him in my car. It smells like smoke, right? It's just, it's just a lot. So I think I would expect many dogs to have some behavior issues pop up which A, I would try to remember like, don't panic. Your dog was their great self before, they can be their great self again later, um, but they're under a lot of stress right now. So I would just cut them a little bit of slack in the meantime. 
Um, and, you know, setting them up with a routine and good enrichment and all that stuff that we mentioned before is going to help them get back to quote unquote normal. Um, but I, I would expect for sure, like Chrissy mentioned, having some house training issues. Um, maybe they're a little bit more anxious, so they're pacing around in their new place. Um, you might even see them um, quote unquote acting out or misbehaving. I, I don't love those terms, but that's what, you know, the average person looks at that as. So jumping on counters or barking or being reactive towards people or dogs, even if they weren't before. So just kind of remember, this is a trauma. This stuff is actually pretty normal. We would expect this stuff to happen. And really, again, just give your dog some time to decompress. And that might take them a few weeks, especially if you're moving from place to place. It might kind of reset a little bit every time you go somewhere new. Um, but I would remember, you know, look at all of the training that you've done with them before and just go back to basics if you need to. They've still got those skills there. They're still house trained. They still know how to walk on leash with you, et cetera. So if you can just kind of go back to basics for a little while, have a little bit of empathy and just patience for what they're going through also. Um, I do think a lot of people's animals will bounce back, but I, I would not be surprised if we see a lot of behavior issues pop up with this, especially the pets that were lost for a period of time and reunited with their people. Um, who knows what they were going through at those times? You know, if we had the fires, then we had that really bad snowstorm and really frigid temperatures. I just think it's a lot of trauma. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see all sorts of stuff pop up. Um, and in those, in the vein of those behaviors, right, like the house training, reactivity, pacing and anxiety, all that kind of stuff. I think the number one thing to think about, like, have some patience, right? comfort your dog if you if they need the comfort and maybe that will help comfort you too right um and then just kind of go back to basics like reward them for going to the bathroom outside give them some enrichment to help them settle down more right on your walks bring some treats with you and help them out in this new area that you're walking them in and say hey bud i'm gonna feed you for hanging out next to me and it's all good i know we're in a new place but you've got nothing to worry about and i'm here for you yeah and i would also say make just make things easier for them um like mary said you know go back to basics you know walk in don't try to walk downtown where it's really busy you know walk in a really quiet neighborhood just have a lot of peace and quiet um don't don't expect them to be at the same level of training that they were and um, just make things a lot easier and like mary said comfort them um you're not going to reinforce those bad behaviors, you're, you're going to help them feel better about everything. So definitely comfort and make things easier for them. So when I was packing up my car, it was, it was all kind of totally bizarre for Daisy because I had been out of town for um, a memorial service and I'd gotten back the night before and I hadn't even unpacked my suitcase. And so like I had been gone. And then that morning, you know, I just threw my suitcase back in the car and I kept Daisy in her harness all day and I was running around and she's so attuned to me. She was just following me around the house. Like, okay, what's, what are we doing? What's going on? She was on. And it, it did take a few days for her to like come back down just from that, you know, day of stress in my system. So, um, you know, they say, what is it? 72 hours it can take for cortisol to leave a dog system. Yeah. So I, I noticed for a few days after she was just like very on edge. Um, here thinking of, um, 
them being these olfactory beings that use their nose for so much. Like now our air smells completely different. I can even hear I'm five or eight miles from the fires and I can smell the smoke sometimes when I go outside and, and then our cortisol levels and our, our adrenaline levels are, are coursing through our body in ways that normally they don't. And our dogs can pick up on that. So thinking about all those things, like it is a huge upheaval for our dogs to be, you know, co-pilots in, in this disaster. Oh, is there, I know this is so, this is so heavy. (laughs) Oh, I know we're all like, let's just like, oh, it's so depressing first thing in the morning. Sorry. I'm like kind of emotional. So yeah. Yeah. There's a, um, I was going to say, there's obviously a lot of people that lost pets um, in the fire and I lost a couple of clients, their pets. Yeah. All right. Um, so Mary, I think you and Beth put together some like, um, resources for grief and stuff like that. We did. Right. For losing a pet. So we, we have two, um, we have two links and if you want to throw them on the pot to the rescue uh, website and link them, we would love to have them there. Um, so we've got two. Um, we have one resource that's just for, for people who have pets who are displaced by the fires. Um, the focus is on dogs and cats. I do think a lot of that info can be extrapolated to other pets as well. So don't want to discount like rabbits, guinea pigs, all that kind of stuff. They're also going through some stress too. Um, that's just a little bit about like how, how to set up a safe space, some things to think about when you move with them and how to keep them safe. Um, there's some also some links to just logistical support. I think the great thing about our community is that everybody is here for you. So if you are listening and you are affected by the fire and you have a pet or you don't have a pet, we are here for you. And please don't hesitate to reach out because somebody has your back. Um, so there are some resources there. And then we do also have another um, link and resource for grief. Um, I think there's there's a lot of grief right now. I think whether or not you personally lost a pet, you probably know somebody who lost a pet. Um, and Chrissy, I'm so sorry to hear that about your clients. I, I'm lucky my clients, none of them lost their pets, but some of them lost their homes. Um, but we do have some pet grief resources linked. Um, and additionally, just kind of some suggested reading, mental health resources. And then uh, also there's some resources to help kiddos if they've lost pets as well. And just helping them with that. Um, I think that's really important to, to just remember it's okay to feel sad for sure. Yeah. Thank you so much for putting that together. It's, it's a really comprehensive guide. So we'll, we will definitely link that in our show notes. Emily, you're kind of a cat expert. Would you like to speak briefly about how people can support their cats in this type of situation? They would be the same. It's hard when cats are moved from their their home environment to settle in somewhere new. So when the fires broke out, um, we have an adopter who's a close friend of mine. And I called her and said, are you evacuating? She said she was, and she was taking her two cats from SDR and her dog. And she was going to a hotel room. So I suggested that she brought, bring her cats to me instead of a hotel room because cats are door darters notoriously. So I brought, we brought them here and they stayed in my office for 72 hours until she could go back. 
And one of the cats was like the golden retriever version of a cat and was like, oh, I love this. And was like lounging on my couch. And the other one was really traumatized and was hiding pretty much for me the whole time. So I just kept the food bowl full, put extra wet food, you know, in the bowl multiple times a day so that they felt like they were never hungry. Cause I feel like one of your basic needs is food. So, and I did bring in a wand toy and tried to engage the fearful one in a little bit of play. It worked a little bit, um, but she didn't know me as soon as her mom showed up after 72 hours, she was like, meow and super happy to see her mom. So most people hopefully would be the trusted person with their cat. So I would suggest keeping your routine regular, probably feed them a little more than I normally would and trying to engage their brains and their prey instinct a little bit with some play, just like us, a little bit of play is very relaxing and can help with enriching their lives while they're going through the stressful ordeal. And then also just really being careful about doors because they are door dashers. And unlike a dog, you know, if you lose a cat from a hotel room or a temporary residence, it's, it's more difficult. Yeah. There were multiple report, multiple reports of people staying in hotels with their cats and the cats door dashed from the hotel room. So that's a really great point. Like, um, would a, would a baby gate be helpful in that situation? I mean, cats can like climb and jump over that. You know what, if you really think about it, what might be nice is to have an extra large crate with a litter box in it. And you just keep your cat crated if you're in a hotel room, because it's like not enriching for the cat and probably difficult, but you know, for those, especially those times when the door is going to be open. So maybe in the evenings, when you know, the door won't be open at all, you take your cat out of the crate. But when the people are coming and going, I would really highly consider creating the cat. You know, if you go to Boulder Humane, all those cats are in cages. So I'm not advocating for anyone to like long-term create their cat, but during a crisis disaster response, I think it's better than losing your cat. It has been nice to see a lot of the pets reunited um, with their families. So that's that's been really nice. And, uh, you know, a lot of the rescue groups like the Humane Society, just really, you know, helping out and taking in all the lost pets. And um, so it's been really nice to see um, those. So that's been and that's soul, been nice. soul dog rescue. Who knew that they were like, you know, MacGyver rescuers. They're really <laughs> rocking it. I'm so impressed. Mm-hmm. It's been really amazing to see how many people have just come out of the woodwork to help during this time. But Soul Dog Rescue, I had never actually heard of them before, um, but they're doing some fantastic work. And the Humane Society of Boulder Valley, as always, um, they're amazing. They're actually giving out, I don't know if they're still doing it. We have to double check this, but um, they had been offering free updated tags to those with pets who are displaced by the fire. Um, So that's really nice in addition to the pet pantry and everything like that. So they've got some free food and supplies. Um, And then the rescue that I'm working with, Do Over Dogs, um, we also are, we're just, we're trying to find individuals. I think there's a lot of 
great opportunities for general donation. Um, but when we catch some individuals with pets who have lost their homes, um, we're trying to do some donations for enrichment items and just some of that kind of stuff and doing some deliveries just to see where we can help where we can. Yeah, I sent Libby a, a meme yesterday of Mr. Rogers saying when he was a boy and things got really scary, his, his mom would always tell him to look for the helpers. And I've been kind of trying to focus on that, like the amount of people coming out to help. Yeah, is it's a, it's beautiful. pretty amazing to see the community just step in and like people that lost their houses, like how supported they are. And um, yeah, just the community coming together, just everybody doing something little makes a big difference. And listeners, um, we will put links in our show notes if you are not in this area, but you still want to help with monetary donations. All right, Mary and Chrissy, thank you so much for your time today. I know it's an emotional topic, but we really appreciate you sharing your expertise and knowledge and your experience with our listeners. And um, yeah, thank you. Take care of yourselves. Take care of your loved ones. Olivia and M, um, we appreciate you as always. And we're thinking of you too and we're thinking of everybody else out there we we love you guys hang in there thanks for tuning in if you liked this episode don't forget to rate and review it helps other folks like you find the show To find out more about our programming and adoptable rescue dogs, you can visit summitdogrescue.org. Thanks to Mike Pesci for the original music and to Alex Lee Ammons and For the Love Media for graphics, production, and editing. See you soon on Pod to the Rescue.